Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jacob Milham, and joining me, as always, is the gracious, the patience, Jeremy Greco himself. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight, sir? Um, I'd be doing a lot better if you weren't giving people these unrealistic expectations of me. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like you have a penchant for writing about unrealistic expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's one so, way of putting it. Yeah, that is a, that is one way of putting it. And if uh, if you are if you're ready for a very good read, I wouldn't call it lengthy read because it's long, but it doesn't seem very long. Um, go check out Jeremy's most recent article, I believe, still mm-hmm. um, at Royals Review. And if you just want to check out anything Royals related, go check out RoyalsReview.com and on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Jeremy, before we jump into it, um, I, I am stealing this from a radio show. Not going to lie, but I need I do need to know. What is your favorite G-rated swear word? Because I feel like there's a lot. So there's two ways I can go with this, right? Yeah. There's uh, there's the one I use the most. Okay. Which is dang it. Okay. I say yep. dang it a lot. Um, I've always been a little when i was when i was younger uh i don't know if you remember the spy kids franchise yes yes that was a little it was a little young for me but i remember there was a commercial i think it was for the second one where uh one of the kids goes shit talkie mushrooms <laughs> and i've always i've always had kind of a soft spot for that one oh That's- and then um i used to be super into halo multiplayer mm-hmm and I got in the habit of anytime anybody shot at me, I would just just instinctually throw a frag grenade. Just like, I don't know who's shooting at me. I don't know where you are. I'm just throwing a frag grenade because if I die, I'm trying to take you with me. <laughs> um, and so I got in the habit of saying frag as a, oh, as a curse word a lot. So. That's, a, that's a good one. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. Like I was thinking about it. So when, you know, growing up in a Southern Baptist church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that you're not saying any swear words. And I grew up saying shoot. Okay. Sure. But, but, you know, I feel like that's very harmless things like that, but some of the family still thought that was a little too close. Yep. So done that. There was about a year period of my life where I would literally say cheese and crackers. I don't know why that's what I settled that's on. That's a good one. But I would say, oh, cheese and crackers. And I I cringe thinking about it right now, but I thought that was the best way to go when I was like 13. Uh, seems valid to me, honestly. <laughs> that's, my, too, my, that's too many syllables for me, but I, I dig it, honestly. 
Well, like I, so I couldn't imagine now stepping on a Lego or something like that and saying, "Oh, cheese and crackers." <laughs> it <would> be, <laughs> we, we we are. You don't live a G-rated life now. Oh, you know, that that is very true. But my wife does remind me, my lovely wife, she does remind me that I do say cheese and crackers every now and then. It's like a it's like a muscle that that just comes out, a reflex, sure. if you will, um, because I don't have a whole lot of muscles. But anywho's, let's talk about some folks who do have a lot of muscles, namely Zach Granke, um, mm-hmm. who is 30, uh, you know, pushing 40. And he has more muscles than than me, probably. He has more muscles than both of us put together. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. So future Hall of Famer Zach Granke is coming back for round two with the Kansas City Royals. If you have not heard it by now, um, some nothing official yet. I will say that Ann Rogers, the MLB.com Kansas City Royals beat writer, did say to expect an official announcement either Thursday or Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Nothing has come yet. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, they've already announced it. But they did announce the Aroldis Chapman move on a Friday. So maybe that's just kind of the drumbeat we can expect. There was a uh, somebody asked John Sherman about it, I believe, and he said, yes. "Oh, you've heard a lot of rumors about it. It's probably more than a rumor." Yeah, and I thought that was so like such an odd way to say that. Well, like, he can't officially me. confirm it, well, right? True, but I, I that guess. honestly, that's it's surprising to me in how close it comes to officially admitting it. <sighs> that's true. And I, I will add this. I just read it. So maybe something in the tone was I, I only read it too. I just inferred the tone. And hey, you know what? I, I like it. If John Sherman's kind of being playful about it, I'll I'll take it. I like that from an owner. Can't complain about it at all. Um, it is, but it's a game they're playing out there. Yes, it is. It, it is a game off and on the diamond. Um, last numbers thing. Um, MLB.com's Mark Feinsand did say that it's a one-year deal worth somewhere around eight to ten million dollars with performance bonuses that could increase the value. Uh, Jeremy, all the numbers are out. We know he's back. I mean, come on, we we know he's back. What what are your takes? What are your thoughts about Granky's return? So it's kind of funny because uh, my article two weeks ago. Uh, criticized the Royals for, among other things, uh, for not bringing Zach Greinke back. Uh, I said it looked like it wasn't going to happen, um, so obviously I was wrong there. It happens. This is what I get for making predictions. Uh, but um, the it was a criticism then, but now they've brought him in, and I, I, I know that everyone's going to look at me and go, Jeremy, you only criticize the Royals. You hate the Royals. You just find problems with everything they do. But I have to say that I'm a little conflicted about bringing Zach Grinky back now only because they've already signed Tyler Yarbrough. They've mm. already signed. I can't remember his name. Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles. Um, so now you've got three veteran starting pitchers that are going to sit in your rotation. You got Brady Singer's guaranteed a spot, which means you have one spot left. And that, and and I wanted to take pressure off of the young guys and say, listen, if you're not performing, you need to go to the minors. 
But this seems to be taking opportunities away from the young guys when you have three veterans in the rotation. Now, maybe it doesn't work out that way. Maybe Ryan Yarbrough is more of a swing man and they're willing to move him back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen uh, based on if other guys are doing well. Um, Maybe we'll see. Uh, you know, in, I mean, we'll almost certainly see injuries uh, in the rotation that will give guys shots um, and they do need those innings eaten. So I, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah, probably. probably. But I'm also a little like, uh, if only you had signed Granky and not. Ryan Yarbrough. I actually, again, I I like the Jordan Wiles signing. I think that makes sense for, I like it at one year. I don't like it the second year um, because I think it makes sense for the innings he can eat. uh, Whereas Ryan Yarbrough does not have that history. So Mm -hmm. that that's kind of where I'm sitting with that is like, I'm a little worried about what could happen. And also, you know, I think I come by this naturally with Ned Yost and, and Mike Matheny were clearly preferential towards the veterans and making sure those guys got innings and at bats. So we'll have to see what Matt Quattraro does. Um, yeah. Is it, is it a GM thing? Is it a manager thing that dictates whether these veterans get the playing time or, or get benched for rookies to have opportunities or, or even second or third year guys? We'll have to find out. Yeah. And you know what? We we will wait and see. I'm sure we're going to get a little bit of a glimpse during spring training. Um, I don't I don't personally put a whole lot of stock into like how the rotation and the pitching and all that jazz works out during spring training. But hopefully we do get a little bit of a glimpse, maybe just a little slimmer. I'll slimmer. I don't even know what the heck that is. Sliver. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here we are talking about cheese and crackers. I'm talking about slimmers now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm a little conflicted about it, too. I I do agree. I kind of wish that this I would feel better if this was the first move that they made, mm-hmm. but I'm still happy that they made it. Yeah, I think where my conflict comes from is like. Am I am I too hopeful about Granky's standing in 2023? Like. Are we are we going to get even a further decline, Zach Granke? Are we going to get a little bit of what we had last year? Like, does this does this actually improve the Royals? You know what I mean? I don't think it matters, honestly. Yeah. If he improves the Royals, I mean, it's not by much. He was I don't even think he was worth two war last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, So. You know, uh, that, uh, that typically, uh, you know, it's, we throw out this war number all the time, but really what mm-hmm. that means is wins above replacement. So two yep. war is like, that's two games that the Royals won because of whoever. Yep. Um, and if, if he doesn't even bring two wins to the team, like he's not going to improve it by much. I don't yep. think this, I don't think this is a team that's two wins away from winning the division. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think it matters. I do, you know, I find it interesting. I think if Zach Granke is really, is that Granke really declines? I could see him just being like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just walking away. <laughs> I could see that, that too. That seems like a very Zach Greinke thing to do. Like he's like, I can still pitch, so I'm gonna be out here. Let's get this money. Let's get this pitching. And then the moment mm-hmm. he can't, he's just like, you know what? All right, bye. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to finish out a season. Right. No. Uh, Jeff King. You remember Jeff King? I do. Yeah, that's right. Remind, just he hit his 10 year mark, and he was like, "Yep, I'm done. See ya." He got the he got those benefits, and he's like, uh-huh. "All right, I'm out uh-huh. of here." <laughs> 
I remember like, did you ever hear the story about the NFL player retiring at halftime of a game? No, I haven't heard yeah. that one. <laughs> it was uh, it was a Buffalo Bills player. I can't remember his name, but they were he was doing awful, and he just they went into the locker room apparently. And it was like, okay, I'm done, done with this team, done with this sport. Just took off his stuff and walked away. So. We all know how no nonsense Zach Granke is for the most part, so I could definitely see him doing something like that. However, I will admit I would not like to see that from him. I would like to see him end on a solid note um, because I, I will admit if if 2022 was his last season, like how, how would you feel? I'd feel a little like it kind of ended on a whimper, but not awful. Yeah, I feel like dude's dude's pretty high up there and he's still pitching yeah. effectively. Um, I wouldn't feel bad about that. Uh, you know, not like Tom Brady showing up for eight and nine season with the Buccaneers <laughs> and then, uh, and then just bombing out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But we will, um, we'll keep tabs on Zach Greinke. We, we will watch him very, got very a closely. GPS tracker hooked up to his phone. Oh, really? I, I know awesome. exactly where he is right now. It's all good. Okay, thank you very much, Jeremy. Um, if if you see a burner account out there called Zach Greinke's GPS, uh, you know it's Jeremy running it. Yep. So, <laughs> um, anywho's before we take our ad break, I would like to ask Jeremy and all you listeners out there a little piece of Royals trivia. So, Jeremy, you ready for me? Uh, as ready as I'm gonna be. I know, right? And I will say, this is. Not a doozy, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So who has the highest single season batting average in Royals history? And here are your four options. A, George Brett. B, Mike Sweeney. C, Hal McRae. Or D, Johnny Damon. Single season. Yep, single season. And for all you listeners out there, we will get the answer for you right after this. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. And we are back on Royals Review Radio. Jacob Milham, Jeremy Greco here. Um, I heard Jeremy humming the Jeopardy theme while we were on our ad break. Yes, you can see there it is still. And trying to figure out this question, who has the highest single season batting average in Royals history? So, Jeremy, you got a guess for me? I feel like this is a trick question because I know that George Brett had the season. He flirted with 400 and I don't think anybody else ever has. So he hit, it was like 390. So I'm going to say George, George Brett. It is George Brett. It is George Brett. So just, I I am pulling these from a site. So I'll read you their full description because I feel like it paints a good picture. Yeah. 
1980, George Brett's batting average was at or above 400 as late in the season as September 19th. Like that was a long freaking time. Um, No one had done that since Ted Williams in 1941, but he did fall just short of that. And he ended the year at 390 even. And that is still a record for third baseman. But that is the single season batting average record. No one's going to come close to it. Unless baseball drastically changes again. Yeah. Like, I mean, a good player nowadays is hitting 290, like a good contact player. You I, know honestly, what I mean? Honestly, like two, 270 even. Right. Uh, is, is, I look at a guy and if he's hitting 270, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, exactly. And I remember thinking like if anyone was below 300, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Awful. Yep. yep. <laughs> but that is just a sign of the changing times. And speaking of changing times, uh, Jeremy, we do kind of have to talk about the athletics approach to the Royals offseason because I we both really agreed some of their recent writings have been very, very surprising. And and here's why. I think they the crew over there, because I will say this is three different writers, so it's not just one guy being positive. It's multiple folks over at the athletic. Maybe they have some insight that we don't. And I would I wouldn't be surprised that's the case. These are some very, very talented guys. But I do want to point out. So first one, Rustin Dodd, old Rustin Dodd. I've talked to him before. Really good guy. Um, he gave the Royals offseason a B grade overall. Yeah. Now and that was before Granky. Yes, that was that was before Granky after Mondesi. So that gives you a little bit of a of a time frame. So I wonder if it would bump up to a B plus. If they sign Granky, I don't know. I'll, right. I'll, I'll ask Rustin later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Jeremy, just if you saw just that Kansas City Royals offseason grade B, like what what would you think? Would you think that's a little a little bullish on the Royals? Or a little. I uh, I uh, as I recall, uh, Max retweeted that uh, article from the Royals Review. Uh, Twitter and asked, you know, everybody asked the fans, what were, what grade would you give the Royals for their offseason? Yeah. And I replied an F. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I have not been super impressed with this offseason. Uh, anybody who's been reading me as I'm writing That's things fair. can can yep. tell that, I think. Uh, it just it's been it's been a pretty big disappointment for me. Um, and. I I don't agree with the grade at all. The thing that really grinds my gears about the grade, though, is that it's dependent on what the Royals do next offseason. Yeah. If you read the reasoning, he says, oh, well, the Royals aren't going to be any good this year anyway, so it makes sense not to spend, but they better spend next offseason. And if so, this is a B. Mm-hmm. And there's no way of knowing right now whether the Royals will spend next offseason, whether it will make sense for the Royals to spend next offseason more than it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just a little weird to me. I, I would prefer to... I love Rustin. I think he's a great writer uh, just for the record, but uh, I don't, I I think he's, he handled this one primarily, but I I do not agree with that grade. And I don't agree with the methodology uh, used to reach that grade. I think grade this off season on this off season and grade next off season when it happens. Yeah, I I agree. And I will, I do want to read off Rustin's closing line because I think it kind of summarizes his reasoning fairly well. 
Quote, if progress does not come, however, and investment doesn't follow, this grade will be seen as mighty generous in retrospect. Yeah. Quote. Okay. So I, he did tee he, that up. See, I knew he, I, I didn't, I maybe didn't skim quite that far, but I knew he was, <laughs> he's not that crazy. He's no, not, he's, he's not insane. He knows what he's doing over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets paid the big bucks. Max, if you're listening, I want to get paid the big bucks. Anywho's, <laughs> you anyways, I get the big bucks. You get the, the big the bucks? giant checks with the like eighty cents. Yeah. Oh man, shoot. Okay, well maybe I need to write more. Maybe I need to stop talking. <laughs> um, yeah, I will. I will agree with that. It was. I I don't think I'm as I don't want to say pessimistic. Maybe just as as bearish, if you will, um, on the Royals offseason. I can. It makes sense. I'm glad that they, you know, traded away some payroll and they added some payroll like they didn't make a whole lot of moves like the athletics are doing that says, hey, we are we are out this year. Like they at least added at the places you expected them to add and you got and they got rid of two of the guys where we were kind of like, okay, well, the Royals, these are expendable guys. And uh, sorry to interrupt, but if they get rid of Dozier, which is there's starting to be some rumors flying around. Yeah. My opinion of this offseason could change very quickly. That is true. That is true. And I I do want to say, like, that's not fan speculation. Like, that is multiple people who have insights into these teams saying the Royals are shopping Hunter Dozier and there's interest in Hunter Dozier in trade packages. I'm not saying we're gonna get a like a crazy prospect for him, but if, if they got something. if they got the Mondesi return for Dozier, that yeah. that would be an incredible steal. That is very true. That is very true. Um, I do want while we're talking about Mondesi, even more surprising than the uh, B grade for the offseason was the fact that the athletic ranked the Mondesi trade as the ninth most impactful offseason <laughs> trade. Um, this really seemed of like no consequence. Um, did, but did nobody make any trades? I, I, I mostly paid attention to the Royals, but I could have sworn somebody traded somebody. It's it's really been actually a quiet offseason for uh, for trades. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through like this, this quick list and like the twins, the twins trade that they did where they got um, Pablo Lopez back. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's their second most. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's a pretty big picture. And the, the Arias was the, the, he led the league in batting average last year, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's like that, like that was a big trade, but after like number five, it really falls off. Hmm. Um, like some, just some minor, do you remember Colton Wong? Yeah. Of the Cardinals like, wanting to sign him. Yeah. When he was, when he was DFA last year. Yeah. Like he was the return in the sixth most impactful trade of this wow. offseason. Like that's, that is how few impactful trades have been made, but I'll Fair still surprise. I was still surprised to see Mondi on here. But what I wasn't surprised to see is the fact that they graded the Red Sox a B plus on this and the Royals sure. a C. Yeah. Um, that I think that really represents what the fan base was feeling. But do you agree with that grade? I might give the Royals a C minus. Ooh, um, spicy. I, it's a passing grade, but by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. Um, I just, like I said, I'm not super excited about trading the potential of Mondesi away for, you know, an over 30 left-handed pitcher who has back problems, which 
they don't go away any more than Mondesi's problems have. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and didn't, and neither of them played last year. That's the part where I'm like, impactful trade. Neither of these guys played. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, I mean, it makes sense, at least as far as the Red Sox are concerned, because they were desperate for a starting mm-hmm. shortstop. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, which is another reason why I thought the Royals might get a little bit more for Mondesi than that, but. It is what it is. I I will agree with that. I think that's where a lot of the disappointment in the return kind of stemmed from because you fans saw how desperate the Roy, the Red Sox, excuse me, needed a shortstop and mm-hmm. a center fielder, two positions that Mondesi can play. And and you get you get Josh Taylor. You know, maybe you know, maybe Josh Taylor turns into a dependable guy out of the bullpen. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And the the one thing I want to add to that I I hadn't really been considering uh, until I read someone I think tweeted about it or wrote about it uh, within the last couple of days, uh, and I should find out who that is and give them proper credit, but I probably won't be able to find it. Anyway, uh, it, trading Mondesi frees up space for Michael Garcia to yep, to to make the roster um and he looked really good in triple a last year he actually hit the very small amount he was with the big leagues he had the fielding problems but i, I it was jitters probably in yankee right, stadium so. i mean that's that's a big deal <laughs> yeah um and, and he's had a great winter uh in various winter leagues so amazing um, winter yeah, so having him on the opening day roster is probably actually an upgrade over Mondesi. So, just, and they weren't gonna be able to put Mondesi in the minor leagues. I don't no. even know if he had any options left. Um, so that uh, from that point of view, that trade makes a lot more sense too, because they could use another bullpen arm, even if it's not a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they needed that space for Michael Garcia. There was no reason for him to spend significant time at AAA, at least not at the start of the year. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I am I'm very much on the Michael Garcia train. I would like to see him um, in powder blues, hopefully. Um, but I will say I don't want them to call him up and then him ride the bench. I want. Yeah. If, if there's an everyday opportunity for him, I would like him to get the first stab at that. Does that can make he, sense? Can he play third base? I don't know. Um, they want Bobby Witt to start it short. Yeah. Otherwise, they, he could play short and Bobby could play third. Right. And we we talked about this with Greg. And I'm very I'm still very much a proponent. Bobby Witt Jr., you're the one to slide over to, to third. Because Michael Garcia, he is that's how he rose up the minor leagues was his glove. Mm-hmm. And his glove looks great. And you need that glove at shortstop. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where he provides the most value to the Royals. Now, is that where the Royals management, both in the in the dugout and in the office, is that where they want to put him? I don't know. So we yeah, they, they are really, really set at Bobby Witt at shortstop. And I'm not sure why other mm-hmm. than. He's our superstar. He should play at the most important position. And I don't agree with that reasoning. Um, no. I I kind of have thought, I thought this at the end of the year that Bobby Wood should be playing at third because I think it would take a little bit of mental pressure off of him mm-hmm. um, and let him focus on his hitting a little bit more because his hitting, let's admit it, was a little disappointing last year. It, was. it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what we hoped it would be. Right. Um, and so... <laughs> 
the one thing they absolutely have to do is not jerk him around. Yes. If they're going to put him at shortstop, then stick him at shortstop. And that's what we're doing. Don't, don't be flipping him around positions. Um, we need, you know, we did that. They did that with MJ Melendez and it, it, had mixed results. He had yes. some real hot streaks and some real cold streaks. Sounds like they're going to let him have a position this year in the outfield. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's probably the way to move, go moving forward. Not everybody can be Ben Zobrist. Not everybody mm-hmm. can be Whit Merrifield. Uh, where they just, it doesn't matter where they play, they hit. Um, and, and, you know, Whit even gave interviews, I believe at one point where he kind of insinuated that, playing all over the place was not uh, something he was super excited about. Do you blame him? He preferred to have a p- one position. Um, and I, I don't blame him. That's there's a lot of work when you, it seems easy to us, um, but there's a lot of work that goes into playing each position at the major league level. And if you don't know where you're playing, you gotta be prepared for all of them. Yep. And, true. and that's just more work that they have to do. So I, I don't really blame Wit for that. And and so, like, I, I just hope that the Royals will just pick a position for these guys and let them go. Okay. I, I fully agree with that. And I, I do want to point out, so I, and just like you, I'm forgetting who said it. And when I figure it out, I'll give him proper attribution. But when, um, what's it called? When I brought up about Bobby Wood Jr., like, hey, you need to you need to go to third base and kind of stay there. Someone brought up the fact that, well, Bobby Wood Jr. has been playing or he played third base like a shortstop last year. And like, mm-hmm. that's not I, that's I, not somebody said that to me, too. Probably the same person. Probably, probably so. And, <laughs> and that is that is a good point. Yeah, um, because. You know, you got to train for that position and it does take a while to flip those positions. Um, Oh, you know who it was? It was good old Matt. It was good old Matt Lamar. Yeah. And Um, uh, I'm sure that was who I heard it from, too. Yeah. Um, And he did. So, you know what? I will. Let's let's go ahead. Let's go and go on this tangent. We got some time. Sure. So my response to that was pointing out the fact like, well, they took their time on Alex Gordon switching positions. And we, mm-hmm. you know, what what was lost in waiting on that? It took like three and a half seasons for them to shift Gordon from third base to left field. Now, and I, I'm a proponent of if you're going to switch his position, just do it now. Do you think like there's similarities between Bobby Witt and Alex Gordon's like career trajectory? Do you think the Royals should learn from their mistakes with Alex Gordon? Um, or am yeah, I just, is this causation early for me to say, yeah, I, I, I barely even remember uh, Alex Gordon's early career. I do remember thinking that he was awful from the beginning, mm-hmm. but when I look up his stats, he actually had a pretty decent rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could be on the same trajectory of uh, it's a pretty decent year, but it could have been better. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if Bobby, um, struggles this year, if Bobby struggles this year defensively or offensively, I hope they'll take that as a sign to, uh, to go ahead and, and start that train moving rather than waiting three and a half years like they did with Gordon. Um, because then it will look like he's on that same path. That's fair. That's fair. And maybe we are like Rustin. We're getting getting off season ahead of ourselves. Maybe could be. 
So, and you know what? That is just a uh, that's just a byproduct of us not having baseball in so freaking oh, long gosh. to watch. It is. It has been crazy. I have been. So we're both out here on the East Coast, and so our quote unquote local baseball team is the Baltimore Orioles. And I have caught myself watching reruns on TV of <laughs> Orioles games. Like I have no clue what's going to happen in the game. So it's it's like a new game to me every day. <laughs> Um, but speaking of some past baseball, I do want to point out the fact that the Negro leagues baseball museum is partnering up with Royals charities, um, for free admission during the month of February. Uh, this is a very, very important part of just baseball in general. And uh, I've, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Have like Jeremy, what do you think? I, I wish I could go. I am not yeah. a museum person at all, <laughs> but this museum sounds cool. It does. Like they've got stories of all these great players doing all these crazy things and, and, and all these people that we should have heard about and never have. Um, and then the guys you have heard about like Josh Gibson and Satchel Paige mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Jackie Robinson before he joined the Dodgers. Uh, just the, they've got so much going on there. Um, and every time, you know, a team comes to Kansas city and the players go to the Negro leagues museum, it's like a rite of passage almost yeah. for visiting teams. Um, they always have um, great things to say about the, the museum and it don't, it doesn't get better than free. Yeah, exactly. If, if what have you got to lose? Go mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. Just, you know, go, go take an afternoon, go take the family down there, check it out. You, you guarantee to learn something. I'll say that. And if you if you if you feel like you didn't get your money's worth, it was free. <laughs> you definitely got your money's worth either way. <laughs> um, and, I, and I will say it was so I I will admit I didn't really know that much about the museum itself. I knew it was in Kansas City, but then I started doing some reading about Buck O'Neill and his, you know, his impact on the game of baseball. Um, And I will say that Bob Kendrick, their president, is a great ambassador for for the game and for the museum itself. And I know this is a part of the Royals first year player orientation is visiting the museum. So this this museum has a lot of ties just to Kansas City Royals baseball specifically, but to baseball in general. And I I'm just going off of other people's reviews, but I could not suggest it highly enough to go check it out at some point, this museum, if you're in the area. And I, I do absolutely have to give the Royals and uh, Dayton Moore and or David Glass um, all the credit for making sure that the team is involved mm-hmm. with the keeping that that uh, that museum running and, and um, advertising for it and using these charity drives to get people there. Um, just a tremendous job of not just letting this 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 treasure that's right next to you sit there and and be ignored. They they make mm-hmm. sure everyone knows. Hey, we've got the the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and you got to go check it out. Um, and so props to the Royals for that for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And if you want to, um, I think it's a cool rabbit hole to dive down to really see like all the things that. Royals Charities does in the area. Um, I think there's a lot of good that is being done in the area. And I am curious how a downtown stadium would play into their involvement in the community. But 
you know, it is, even though they're not super successful on the diamond lately, <laughs> it is, it is somewhat refreshing to know that this, this is a quality organization. You know what I mean, Jeremy? Yeah. We, 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 we talked about it kind of in a bad way when Dayton Moore was here, like it was a joke all the time, but you see all this stuff going on with even the Orioles leadership. You know, they have a, they have one owner suing another yep. and you have, you know, teams threatening to move if they don't get their way and things like that. And at the end of the day, I feel like the Royals front office and ownership can you know, sleep soundly at night, knowing that they're at least making the difference. Yeah. I, I, I will say that uh, I do have a couple problems with some of the things that they do. Ooh, um, okay. Not just with the on the field stuff, but I, I have to give them credit for trying hard and meaning well okay. at all Fair. times. Fair. Uh, maybe I am brushing in some broad strokes and someone is going to uh, to correct me later on. And you know what? That is just fine. We all we all learn and grow from these yep. sort of experiences. Um, Jeremy, we are at the end of our episode, but I will say it is time for some Royals review reviews. So what you got for us this week? All right. So uh, I think this week I'm going to give you uh, unless I've given you this one before. So you got to tell me if this sounds All right. familiar. All right. Uh, the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. Have I given you that one? I be- I actually believe you have. Oh, dang. Yeah, right. about a month ago. Uh, then I'm going to give you... Gosh darn it. Do yours and then I'll come up with one. All right. Sounds like a plan. Well, I am going to actually stay in kind of a quote unquote similar lane. Um, I'm going to give a positive review of Wasabi Peas um, <laughs> because I have been. So I will say when I'm not writing, when I'm not like playing video games or something like that, I struggle with mindless eating. Um, it's something to do with my hands, but I'm trying to like focus on something that's not my phone. So I would just, you know, grab something and I would eat the whole bag of chips or the whole box of Cheez-Its. Wasabi Peas. Don't ask me how I got on them, but I can just like pour myself a little bowl and they're spicy enough and they are not filling, but like they take a while to chew sometimes. Um, They're good. They've helped with my with my binge eating. They're not for everyone. They have a very distinct flavor, Um, but I enjoy them and I enjoy how they've helped with my weight loss. So if if you're looking for something, wasabi peas is the way to go, man. If if I told myself I could only eat wasabi peas, I would also lose weight <laughs> from not maybe eating. A, yeah, I was about to say maybe a little bit more rapidly than than I am. <laughs> They're only helping a little bit. I'm still eating though. <laughs> All right, so uh, I did come up with. Uh, I think I've recommended it before, but I'm going to do it again. Go uh, I'm going to recommend the Persona series. Okay. Uh, video game series, which the they just had remasters of Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden come out for all the modern consoles uh, uh, last month, a couple weeks ago. And it is an excellent time to get into the series uh, if if you're interested in it. Uh, it's the, the basic idea is uh, high school student, social sim by day, dungeon crawling, demon slayer, RPG by night. Uh, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of really cool uh, just, just like 
a lot of great uh, relationships and characters. Uh, the music is phenomenal, and uh, the games are known for their sense of style. Um, just uh, Personas 3, 4, and 5 especially. Uh, I recommend Persona 2 also, but it is not on modern consoles at all. You have to find a oh, PSP uh, or, a, or a PSTV if you want to play that. So uh, good luck with that. But um, the 3, 4, and 5 are out there. PC, Switch, Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, you can get it on any of those. And they're just they're a lot of fun. Um, and and I, I don't think I could recommend them more highly. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, hey, next podcast, we'll talk about how the PSP is the most underrated gaming console of all time. We can try. (laughs) We can try indeed. Um, Jeremy, thank you very much for for flying with me. As always, um, I greatly appreciate your insight and your your company on the podcast here. If folks want more of your insight and more of your social company, um, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, You can find me at Hakaius, H-O-K-I-U-S. I my shenanigans continue unabated. That that is very true. No filter over on Twitter. Uh, same with me. You can find me on Twitter at jmildeham. And please, of course, go follow Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. And for all the good work that the crew is doing, go check out RoyalsReview.com. It's a great community over there as well. You can debate, talk with other Royals fans and readers elsewhere. Uh, but to all of you listeners out there, thank you very much for your support. And until next time, go Royals!